going on? Oh, oh, what is going on, AFW Faithful? <laughs> Brief technical blip. I'll edit that out in post. I am Leave your it. commissioner. Leave it. Leave it. You know what? That's we don't edit. Podcast. We're a podcast for the people. We're going to leave it in. We're going to call it in the room. For the people, by the people. I am your host, your commissioner, Mr. Down the Middle, the Major Brewer, Dylan Gilbert, and with me as always, the Daredevil, Dave Dahl. See, I I realize why Jerry's now always next to you, because you always side with him. You're never right down the middle. You're a little to your left or right, whichever direction he actually is. But I am your friend, your hero, your my house sports gear sponsored athlete, your retromania wrestling superstar, or the Virgil, the king of the downvote, the foundation of dangerous adrenaline wrestling gladiators, and IWA vintage, the head of AFW breakdown, and the most superior brand, no matter what happened at. Uncivil War, if you haven't listened yet, you need to. So, with that being said, I kick it off to Jerry Housen. Hey, I got you a towel to wipe those tears, Dave. Oh, wait. Oh, should I should I debut my new uh, intro Uh-oh. tonight? Hold on. Uh-oh. I haven't even like told you guys about this, because Uh-oh. I wanted your shoot reactions for it. Surprises. Oh, oh, God. Did you get Top Shelf Troy Nelson to do you an oversound, too? No, that's actually not a bad idea. How good would that be? I, I can message him. Me and him have a good rapport. We talk beer. I can maybe, get, maybe I need you to then. We'll have to think about I that. I can get that's the million-dollar challenge winner to do mine. The golden voice of professional wrestling. All right. Ready? Uh-huh. It is a J-E-double-R. Why? <laughs> Why not? C double O K Jerry Cook. <laughs> that ain't great. This is the exact reaction that I thought from both of you. I thought I would pop Dylan <laughs> and Dave would sit there and be like, what is wrong with you? That's that exactly what I thought would happen. That ain't great. That's all I can say is that ain't, ain't I great. great. <laughs> nope. I'm the greatest entertainer, the greatest singer, the greatest promoter. And the greatest podcaster now. <laughs> yeah, not the greatest micro brawler. Uh, but with that being said. <laughs> no, actually. Shots. Shots fired. I'm still the major brawler. We, we were supposed to put this to the side, but we're still taking shots. <laughs> St- still major brawler in our hearts and minds. If you could tell, me and Jerry are actually buddies. We just <laughs> like mess with each other. My branch superior. Um. What are we here to do now? I forgot. I, 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 yeah, FWF review. FWF review. Dave talk for the better part of an hour. Episode, um, yeah. episode three. Episode three. Pay-per-view three this time. Which, uh, which is Battle Pit and Halloween Horror Nights 2. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. So, uh, you know, before we get this, this underway, I have to throw a little nod to one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, besides our own, of course. And you, you guys, would you guys like to know who one of my favorite tag teams is? Major World Order? No, no, no. Matt and Nick Crackson. Cracking open a can of beer. Off the hop rope, please come back. Please, that was... Mark. Mark, if you're listening, please bring it back. I need off the hop rope. That was terrible. I need off the hop rope back, man. I'm jonesing. 
Speaking of Mark, this is how I'm going to segue into the first show we're talking about tonight, which is Battle Pit. Battle Pit started <clears throat> off after Hi, the promo. That's coming later. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Balls Mahoney is claiming conspiracy. We have Owen Hart versus Rock Hod, Steve Boston, in which Rock Hod picks up the victory. Come again. We have the room troubles segment in which they find out Yokozuna is suffering from elevated liver enzymes. We have Ken Shamrock versus Kurt Angle for the hardcore a- a- a wrestling championship in which Kurt Angle retains. And we have a debuting Steve Blackman. House of Pain segment in the back where they talk about their plan B. Then we have the Boogie Knights versus a debuting Chronic. Chronic, 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 Chronic. Chronic with the high times, no longer the Zanman driver. Sorry, Zanman. Securing the victory. Is that what New he used Jack. for the Zanman driver? I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was. Is that what it was? Okay. What Brian did for it. According to Zanman himself, I'm, I'm using shout out to Zanman because I didn't oh, have this review. all written yeah. out yet. Uh, and then we have the segment with New Jack where he finds out that the uh, the bank that he robbed that he got arrested for, well, he didn't actually rob that bank. He got that money from his grandma. And uh, a lawyer got him off on technicality. So guess what? Same old gangster. But now he's rich, biatch! Finally, we have Mike Awesome versus Ric Flair. Mike Awesome takes the win. Flair is it just seems like he's a beaten man. And then we get to the main event, the Battle Pit, which is the House of Pain versus Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Randy Savage, and Triple H. And this thing just ends in chicanery of of, of the highest order. We get a, we get Shawn Michaels turning. We get the debut of, of Sting in this thing. It's uh yeah. It's a wild one. So, boys, what are your thoughts? I think Mark did an excellent job. Right. Mm-hmm. The battle pit was a pretty sweet concept with the four ring, big-ass cages. Like, I mean, that was different. I mean, it's war games, but that was still completely it's war games, different. But it's huge. <laughs> but did you think about, though, for him, photography-wise and – telling like and saying that match it made it easier being able to have like you know mark henry and Shawn michaels in this ring you know lod and two people in this ring so it just for what he was using it for it just made it easier yeah to break those to break off everything into that nice section i was also a huge fan of anything he does with rock pat and steve boston kid that that match with Owen Hart and and just Owen not not treating it like it was a true victory and Rockhod just over like Rova with the Rockhod Ripper. <laughs> the the Balls Mahoney stuff cracks me up too. Oh yeah, the conspiracy theory Balls Mahoney is, has been wonderful. Yeah, and Balls has been really great. Rich new. He's Jack, just been I trying to problem, man. He's just hungry. He's he's never done. Kurt Angle won't let him eat. Balls just wants his pizza, and now New Jack is rich. Like, this is gold. This is pure gold. Wasn't New Jack rich to begin with? But no, he's, he's rich, rich now. 
He's rich, bitch. I like I said, I just I pictured New Jack rolling up to the arena in the uh in the, the truck like Chappelle's show. I just bought this truck straight cash, baby girl. Let's see. So I'm going through just kind of looking again. I, I listened to the episode again earlier, so you know we've listened to it a few times now. Uh let's give a few thoughts here. The you know, I love balls being the conspiracy theorist. Um Balls is always going to be a side character, I think. He's never going to be, you know, like up there, you know, contending for the world title. Um, so this has been something kind of fun for him to do, these little backstage segments. Um, I mean, for the past two months, he's been trying to eat a pizza and Kurt Angle being a, a jerk and not letting him eat it, you know. But now he's kind yep. of figured out some kind of conspiracy. Uh, we still don't know. As of this episode, we don't know what it is. We just know something's going down. But the thing so, is, is you could have balls do like a hurricane kind of thing and still get like a hurricane had a world title shot at one point. Like you could do he, that. I mean, you could make him one in there, but I'm saying like he overall, it's probably not going to be, you know, yeah, what I mean, he goes like, for and with, stuff. But you, you spend, this is, this is month three of, of a six week build. And so far the past two weeks, it's just been him getting the pizza and stuff knocked out of his hands. And yeah. like, I, I don't like, I, look, I think Mark is capable of doing something wild with with this whole new Jack Balls Mahoney thing, because uh, every every week consistently, Mark has done something that's made me go like, okay, I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> Do I have that over here still? So there, it's funny that he actually has them paired up because that for a while those two were feuding in real real life. Oh yeah, no, like and and that was that was something I was gonna see if either of you guys brought up that that whole like shoot interview where they just proceed to scream at each other and threaten to kill each other and like New Jack sneaks in maze. It was uh, I sat and watched that on a slow day at work. It was just cracking up because I went on like a New Jack binge. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a soap opera, but it feels so real. It feels like we're not meant to see what's going on. So I'm, I'm kind of loving them being like unlikely friends right now. Yeah, I kind of like that too. Uh, we've got well, they Owen made Hart up after that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Owen Hart is the interstate champion still. He's been a, uh, you know, kind of like the cowardly heel where he's, you know, kind of he's gotten these wins. He's keeping the title, but he's not really not really earning it or not really, you know, deserving to keep it and stuff. And it looks like he, he did get beat here by Rock Hod. Uh, but, you know, it was a non-title. So you know, everyone keeps the belt. Uh, Rock Hod Steve Boston is capital O-V-E-R, baby. That is <laughs> that is so big. I believe and, it's technically O-V-A-H. He is over. Ova, um, and the production that Mark put into the "Come Again" chant, where he just copied it over and over and over again, uh, that speaks volumes, man. Like you, well, and, you can't even like. I mean, as somebody that used to to do audio production stuff, uh, that was not just like ten voices at once. It was he a lot. Did, yeah. Like he did like different pitches, different octaves, and everything, so it sounded like a crowd. And yeah. so, like, I so much respect for that, like, and for such a little thing, but it sounded so good. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. a small thing, but it's just kind of like, just. But so much uh, detail went into that small thing to make it sound right, which is where, like, man. Like, the Come Again shirt might be one of the best-selling one. Like, if we look at it at the end of the season, 
definitely. if you look at just season two, I mean, you got Hogan's Hog was the you know the winner of overall T-shirt sales for season one. Uh, but for season two, it might be it's got to be that come again shirt. I, I don't know if anybody's going to beat it or not, but we'll see. Um, at the end of that course, you know, you had Ahmed debuting. Ahmed is a guy who he's had a varied run in FWF, I think, to say the least. I mean, he he's bounced been on every brand like four times, multiple times. Yeah, he just kept bouncing around. Nobody he's really a journeyman. Yeah, nobody really knew what to do. Um. Just got a, a, a DM I'll to tell you about. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, so, he, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, going forward on, you know, month four, uh, what happens with Ahmed? Because, you know, you've got probably, you'd imagine Mark has some kind of plan for him. Um, and I think he's one of these guys that he probably would have benefited maybe more from a weekly thing where, you could do those crazy kind of Scott Steiner promos with Ahmed, you know, you're going down, you know, um, yeah, it's promos, and he would man. benefit from a weekly, you know, every week, you know, he comes out and does that, uh, you know, kind of promo and stuff and gets over that way. But, uh, but we'll see what Mark's got planned for him in month four. Um, you know, then you kind of see Zuna's out for the match and we have to see what's going on there. Uh, got you've the, got the elevated liver enzymes. Don't forget that was that's that was the word. That's, that's I mean that's you, you can't you can't take you know personal health uh, for granted you know and no, no. Mick Foley is a caring commissioner. He's a very nice man. So uh, him he only has Zuna's best interest at heart. Zuna, I'm you so know, and, sorry. You 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 and you if, if Yokozuna would nice <laughs> and in fairness, if Yokozuna would leave off the chicken butts dipped in mayonnaise, then probably he wouldn't have <laughs> elevated liver enzymes and it'd be okay. Wash it so, down with a cup of gravy. For anybody who doesn't know, that's a famous story that Bruce Pritchard told where they were at a uh, a barbecue that the Undertaker was throwing at his house and he specifically had these like chicken asses, like the, the butts of the chicken that are deep fried. And then he had like a, a tub of mayonnaise for Yokozuna to dip them in. It's the most fattest oh. thing I think I've ever heard anybody eat. Oh and when it's so me, like, <laughs> yeah, or like, I mean, I, let's just tell more Yokozuna stories real quick. <laughs> Yokozuna and Vader, when they went to, they went to Duke University to undergo like strict uh, <laughs> weight one. loss studies. <laughs> and so during the day they're exercising and they're eating salads and everything. And then as soon as they'd leave like the medical university to go back to their hotel rooms, they just go to like Hooters and like sit there and drink beer and eat wings all night. And then they, at the end of the week, they were like, you didn't lose any weight. What's going on? They're like, <laughs> you know, so, I don't yeah. know. so in oh, the day, God. you know what? Elevated liver enzymes, Zuna is at fault. I, I don't blame Foley for that at all. I blame Yokozuna for eating chicken asses. <laughs> um, <mayonnaise>. So, <laughs> Then you've got uh, Kurt Angle with the wrestling championship. Um, I kind of like that uh, just because you're pairing him up against like Dr. Death. Um, now here's Ken Shamrock, you know, so these are legit like tough guys that are putting Kurt Angle over. And it's not just, um, well, no offense, but he's not like wrestling like New Jack in a, you know, like technical wrestling match here. You know, like these are actually like, you know, you whoa, could whoa, actually whoa. see like New him. Jack could actually wrestle a technical match if he wanted to. It, but you understand what I'm saying? Like this he, is not, he chose not to because it made this him is more not money chain wrestling with you. Yeah, but bleed. this is actually like 
<laughs> this is actually like red equals green. Doctor Death, and then this is uh, you know Doctor Death, Ken well, Shamrock, and, and things. You know, he's actually fighting like tough guys here who and, and are legitimate opponents. Me, maybe this is me overthinking it, but it's kind of telling that Kurt Angle is picking these legitimate tough guys, but he's putting them in matches where they can't throw punches. Because like yeah. if it comes down so to it's, a fist fight, Doctor Death is knocking Kurt Angle out. But well, I don't know. Our gun didn't get knocked out, so uh, you know Terry Funk called that one. <laughs> that cowboy back there, he's going to win this whole damn thing. Let me tell you about that. And they didn't like it, and they hired Butterbean. Butterbean. Well, no, that's <laughs> that was like, well, let's see what we've got. Man, that didn't work. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, back to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, it's you know, he would be. Kurt Angle Kurt would be a definite uh, mega heel right now. I think, you know, he would be, everybody would be hating him for these matches and things. So um, as far as getting heat, I think that is very successful. Uh, Steve Blackman comes in at the end and kicks off, uh, takes the head off of Shamrock. So then you would naturally think maybe there's something there, except for Shamrock then gets released at the end of the show. So uh, got to see what's going on with Blackman. You know, there are, <laughs> Blackman is legit. You know, could be one of these. Blackman. Steve's legit. Steve Blackman, you know, like he got hired because he showed up to the arena to beat the shit out of Vader. And then they were like, hey, you want to work tonight? And then they liked him and he got hired. So that's legit like the story behind he was at the arena because he wanted to kick Vader's ass over something. And then they were like, well, you want to work tonight? And so, and then he got hired <laughs> after that. So, and apparently like the EC3 used to come out and tell like Steve Blackman facts, kind of like Chuck Norris facts and everybody thought they were funny. <laughs> and so Mark Henry would then like went up to him one time and was like, man, you think it's funny, but he going to kick your ass for that. You know, like he ain't yeah, playing. Watch it. He going to kick your ass. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve Blackman got... elite. <clears throat> we do. I'd love that. Oh, yeah. Get that big tiger like the, you know, we would fight over that one. We probably would because I could do some stuff with it. Uh, let's see. Boogie Knights so, versus uh, uh, debuting Chronic. Uh, yeah, Chronic debuting is Chronic, a. I enjoyed. Yeah, I like Chronic. I think Chronic is a good anti uh, LOD over there on the other side. So you've got that for your tag division, which is, you know. Did somebody do that last year in FWF last season? I think maybe Brian did it because Brian had him on his show. So it might have been LOD versus Chronic. I seem to recall that, but. Um, did he draft not, Chronic? He did. Brian had him. I don't think he ever used them, though, didn't he? No, he used them. Re-listen of season one. I've, I've forgotten so much stuff. Yeah. I thought he pulled a broski and just didn't use them and then released them. No, he used them because he was using the two different figures because he, he tried to make a custom of them and it wouldn't work. Oh, uh, that's um, right. Boogie Knights are, of course, with Jerry Lawler. Um, not really going over well there with that, so... Jerry Lawler and then, to cheat with the brass knuckles, probably costing them the match, honestly. Yeah. So what is this? New Jack what, what's being going rich. On? I'm rich, bitch. Uh, I just, I just picture Dave Chappelle cash, with that. Baby girl. But, you know, there's a lot There's a lot you can do with New Jack with a lot of money. So uh, we'll have to see what's happened there. And then, of course, Thanks the main event, me. the mega match, the huge spectacle, the battle pit match. Uh, well, tons of one. shenanigans going here. Tons of storylines advanced. 
Uh, we finally got the debut. Sting had been teased. He finally comes down. We see him side with Team Thrill Zone. Uh, you see lots of people taking bribes. You see Flair finally come out and try to snap out of it. You see Macho Man's career ended potentially. Um, and then finally you see Shawn Michaels tell Scott Hall to fuck off as he costs them the match and leaves the silk cage. So uh, lots of stuff going on there. You know, lots of storylines advancing and things. And the cool thing about uh, Thrill Zone right now and so far this season is you got a lot of storylines, a lot of stuff going on, but we don't know really like what's happening yet. And it's kind of like a mystery where we're getting pieces of the puzzle here and there. But every time you think you might kind of have an idea of what's going on, uh, then maybe something else gets introduced that kind of makes you be like, well, you know, or, or what's going on here? Then, you know, why is this guy, why was Mike Awesome taking, you know, laying down and like, you know, taking pinfalls and stuff when all of a sudden now he's like kicking Ric Flair's ass, you know, and why is Flair a shell of himself and not fighting back? You know, what's going on there? Because um, as soon as Mark drafted Flair, <laughs> You're thinking, well, Flair's going to be the world champion because it's Mark, and Mark is a huge Flair fan. Right, um, right. And so far, that's not been the case so far through month three, you know, so we'll have to kind of see what happens there. Um, that's what's made that the whole one... storyline so impactful is knowing Mark's affinity for Flair, and now, like, Flair's coming out, and he's just getting kicked around by Mike Awesome, and they're, like, hanging something over him, obviously, because he's just, like, yeah. letting it happen. It's kind of like a, yes, sir, please, may I have another kind of thing. <clears throat> it's kind of wild. And there's lots of... You know, the House of Pain is throwing around a lot of money. Um, if it was possible, you would think that maybe there's like a a million-dollar man type benefactor throwing around all this money. You know, where's all this cash coming from? Um, so you've got to figure that price. out. Uh, what's the conspiracy theory that Balls Mahoney's uncovered? You know, we, we don't know what's happening there. That'll hopefully come out pretty soon. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of long-term storytelling and a lot of building up to something big. Um, and you're just waiting for the payoff, you know, kind of thing. So well done. It's another solid month for Mark. Mark had the first month uh, kind of stumbled out of the block a little bit just because, you know, you kind of have to do this a time or two to kind of get uh, a feel for it. And, you know, once he kind of got that month one out of his, you know, out of the way and stuff, then he's greatly improved uh, every month. And, you know, clearly there's a, a plan in place for where this is going to go. Um, and it's been a fun ride. So I definitely give him props for Im- improving every single month and, you know, the lip being entertaining is his impressions. That's another thing too. Mark is not great at impressions. Um, I think Matt and Brian are definitely much more, much better at it. You know, it's just not something in uh, Mark's wheelhouse, but Mark is, <laughs> he's doing pretty good on some of these though. Uh, like, he's, you know, he's bringing it with his enthusiasm. I think that's the biggest thing, yeah. like his enthusiasm for it. Like, even if the, even if like the, the like impressions are bad, he's just going for it. And, yeah. And know, that's like the thing. I, I think you just, once you just commit to it and dive in, then I think it's great. So, oh, yeah. It's, so uh, then we go know, to, uh, so, okay, let's, we'll pause there at that point since we kind of dissected the zone. Yeah. Give the ranking out of 10, what overall grade would you give? Um, Thrills on the battle pit. I give it a solid nine. Solid nine. Oh, that's a high praise yeah, from Dave. I was going to say either an eight or a nine. Uh, so I'll, I'll just to keep it uniform, I'll say a nine also. Cause man, 
after week one, like Mark caught so much flack, but it's like, man, I I saw the I saw the diamond in the rough here. Like yeah. obviously Matt had like what was it, thirty ish episodes before that moment where he was well tuned machine. Mark was trying to catch a hold of the train and uh he didn't take off running quick enough to grab on, you know, like it just caught him and it just rug him behind it. But yeah. week two, like he came out swinging this week, he came out swinging. I mean, like he he lost week one or last say week month one, but yeah, I think my yeah, he I think came back and made a case for two and three. My score right now is one to one going into month three. So one to one because and the only reason it's one to one is I think because uh, Mark had Mark had those production issues going into month one. I think if you take those away, then it becomes a lot a lot closer. Um, story story. Lines, I would give it storylines. Yeah, I mean, easily, would, but like. Production wise, it was definitely, you know, it was definitely like Mark still lost week one, but it was a lot further away. Whereas to like just just the pure storylines, it's I mean, we're talking like edging each other out by inches. Yeah. Um, I would probably go. I'm going to go an eight. And the only reason is because for Battle Pit, I think when I'm trying to picture it like as a real production in my head, which, you know, I say real production. I mean, Matt did block out the sun like three times last season. So, you know, at some point, some point we just have to realize that, you know, like uh, if you're talking like you want to use all your figures and stuff and sit down and play, if you happen to have like four wrestling rings, you would run a Battle Pit match. Oh, you know, like we, we all would have done it, you know, if we were kids and we had four rings. So from With that target sale like, right now, it. you can buy four for the price of like three. Yeah. So <laughs> promo code battle pit to get the same discount targets using. Yeah. So, but I just would think then like from a, from a playing, you know, like a kid with your fig fed playing, I can see that standpoint But then I guess just from a, a uh, standpoint of like, you know, production standpoint, like if I was watching it on TV, I, I, four rings would be a bit much to keep up with. I think you would be, uh, yeah, think kind of like, the, enough. <laughs> think like the GCW war games match where that thing was a cluster. <laughs> and so I love every, I, I kind of have think it's some, it, because they were had like 10 guys in a ring in one ring doing too many spots. And it was just hard to keep up with everything for this. I think it would be kind of hard to keep up with it too. Um, but maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm overthinking that part of it. But it, still a very, very solid show. Um, you know, and A+. Plus. I mean, I'd, what can you do about that? So. Um, yeah. so let's go on to Turmoil and Halloween Horror Night 2. So let's run so through that. So let's abandon the previous format where I lay down everything up front. Let's just keep rolling with what we're doing. It's working just fine. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we start off here with Beetlejuice is announced as the host of Halloween Horror Night. Now, of course, which is absolutely amazing. It so good, dude. That was the impression that was, the, was a zero out of ten, but it was so fun. I, I what thought was his impression was pretty good. I thought his impression was good. He did, he did sound a little. I thought too, it was pretty uh, good. <laughs> too Braun Strowman-y for me, but whatever. Well, I, I it thought it was pretty hilarious. good because I, I could tell what he was doing when he did it. Yeah. Um, like, and I think that it, it's at Universal, which has the Halloween Horror Nights, I think, isn't it? 
Yeah, for, Beetlejuice walks uh, yeah. around there. Anyway. Yeah, and Beetlejuice was the the house for this year. So, so that's you know obviously where Mac took the inspiration, but uh, the overall theme of Beetlejuice throughout the night uh, and the sketches with him and things, I think, was just Matt hit a home run with that. Uh, that is what <laughs> that is what turmoil does the best. Oh yeah, and the that's what's missing goofiness. from turmoil. The crazy goofiness, like the promos and the sketches, um, I mean, that gets through. lost a little bit in this pay, like pay per view only format. And that's what Matt excelled at on a weekly week, you know, week to week basis because he could have you know Scott Snyder coming out here with my pussy and my you know I'm on a you know and like cutting all those promos with Steiner and. Hogan's hog and, you know, all those kind of weird, you know, funny things um, that he could do. That's kind of harder to do on this format just because you don't have, he's on a clock. I mean, he's, he's got to do an entire pay-per-view in 30 minutes. You've got a month of storylines that you basically have to tell right now. Yeah. In this, in this contained thing. So like, I, I love that he uses like Halloween horror nights as like the backdrop for some of the silliness. Like, yeah. It still happens. It's still there, but it's, you know, <clears throat> disguise. So, so yeah, Beetlejuice debuting, which I think was in perfectly. Yeah, I think Seamless. this was maybe his best show of the season uh, yeah, because I you did disagree. have that perfect mix of the backstage segments that are highly entertaining, and then actually, you know, decent wrestling and uh, storylines, you know, continuing and everything too. So we go straight from Beetlejuice uh, to Goldberg versus the Giant squash match, pretty much from Goldberg. Uh, giant then after he loses he gets the revenge and beats the shit out of Goldberg um, you know basically to set up Goldberg coming back out to try to do the hero's save at the end well I mean I think that that's the best way you could have done that match you, yeah. you have Goldberg hurry up and hit his, his three moves of doom and, and then Giant gets his comeback so like Goldberg still looks strong. Giant still looks strong. And you don't have to try to plan a technical masterpiece with two guys that have a combined 15 moves. Yeah. It, that's the best way to do it. And so props to so having a good wrestling mind. Knows that. Get in, get out. A lot of quick violence, and it's over with. Yeah. Uh, then we go on to the tag title match. Dudley Boys versus the Acolytes in a table match. And, of course, the Acolytes are not customs. They are unreleased prototypes. Um, and that is perfect for Matt Cardona to have unreleased prototypes in this. That's so broski. Um, I, I know. Them, I remember. I posted and I asked him like, well, if he can use prototypes, why can't Mark, if he gets a hold of one of the Matt Hardy prototypes, use Matt Hardy since he did try to draft them. And I got told because Matt was never released. I was like, yeah, he's not actual, like figures. <laughs> he he didn't have a figure before the never, prototype. Yeah, there's never a Matt Hardy. Farouk and Bradshaw had. Exactly. So he can draft Farouk? them and then make them into characters. So. Are you saying uh, Let's see. And, of course, this sets up. Um, Taker comes out dressed as Kane. Cost them the match. Cost the Acolytes the match. To kind of continue that feud a little bit. Um. Then Dudley's hit the 3D through a table to get the win. Uh, kind of like that, you know, kind of uh, Acolytes teaming with, you know, they were, of course, with the Taker and the Ministry. Now they're with Kane to kind of form his own little Ministry. 
then you've got Brock Lesnar with Shane McMahon versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, Brock Lesnar beats the shit out of him. Jeff Hardy, though, looks pretty good um, in this. You know, he's not, he gets in his offense. He kind of does some, some good stuff, um, which I think that's kind of the way you want to build this. You know, obviously, you don't expect him to look good. It's kind of like, I think, like if Ricochet fought Brock Lesnar. Let Ricochet get a few flips in, you know, dazzle the crowd and stuff, and then Brock in F five, and everybody go home happy. Um, yeah, I mean, you you let him let him use his speed, but eventually, once Brock catches you, it doesn't matter how quick you are. Once he got once he has his hands on you, it's, yeah. it's pretty much over with. You may get some sweet hits in beforehand, but once he's got his hands on you, you're done. So that one yeah. made a lot of sense. Um, then <laughs> the highlight of the entire. Of both pay per views, I think for me, <laughs> Beetlejuice demonstrates the power of music. Um, <laughs> you talk about a, we were talking about the entertaining segments and stuff that Matt does. This was perfect. <laughs> Not only did you have the dance from Beetlejuice, but you had Goldust, you know, trying to talk to the headbangers about, I want to talk to you because I need some advice. I know you guys know all about head. And banging, you know, I mean, like, it's so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was just perfect from start to finish. It just I had to pause up the segment then, a couple of times because I was cracking up and I didn't want to yes, miss anything he was saying. So it, I'd it pause was, it, collect myself, let it go again, start laughing, pause, collect myself. Like, it took me probably 10 minutes to get through this segment. It, it it's perfect, though. It was perfect. So good. Yeah, it was just so well done. It, perfect. Um, Patriot versus Christian. Um, you continue the edge versus, uh, Christian kind of build up here. Patriot looks strong. Uh, Bret Hart comes out. So you think there's probably something there still between him and Patriot, maybe, uh, Canada versus USA Christian, of course, you know, he's kind of like, um, Owen Hart and Christian are kind of doing similar things with the interstate title on both brands where they're. You know, being the heel, kind of chicken shit heels and stuff that are kind of keep the belts around their waist. Um, and they've got strong challengers coming up after him. You know, Christian's got Edge coming after him. Uh, and of course, Owen Hart's got Rock Hod, Steve Boston, you know, chasing his ass. So, now, uh, so it's now, a good build up. Um, far be you know, it probably would have been to, uh, far be it for me to insult one of the, one of the men that inspired our show here. But I'm I'm kind of seeing a little bit of um of of a certain Deathmatch Kings GCW run. Um, you know, I mean, he went after Gage. He 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 earned every bit of that title, and then we had that run of like, oh, I'm just going to challenge some fan in the crowd, or hey, Frank the Clown's coming out. <laughs> he he did a getting that crowd to hate his guts. So I mean, it makes sense. You've got Christian doing the same thing right now. Hey, Frank the Clown's got a micro brawler, so come on. Show some respect. God. Still, still available on M3Toys.com, I think. But, <laughs> um, Sellout alert in 15 years. Maybe. Uh, I do have they're one on, going on the way. but They're on holyfoley.com. Probably going to be there's going to be that landfill with all the ET Atari cartridges, and there's going to be like an, an equal size pile of Frank the Clown micro <laughs> <laughs> Uh Next, we've got a reference. quick little you know kind of segment. We've got Chris Jericho coming out saying, um, if he wins this next match, he is the number thirty entrant for clue or 
25, 20, however many people are in collision, collision. Um, he's the last entrant. If he loses, he's the first entrant. China comes out and he's thinking, oh boy, I'm going to get this easy win. And then, of course, Eddie Guerrero comes out uh, and gets the roll up for the one, two, three quickly because he's distracted by China. So, perfect segment. Um, gets Eddie and China onto the show to let them do a little bit of stuff. Uh, puts Jericho, you know, uh, in number one. So, you've got that kind of storyline going on for next month. So, Thought it was well done. Just a quick little segment to kind of get some some of those out there on the show, um, get them you know working. Then we go to a pretty good little segment here: Taz versus Jeff Jarrett for the Hardcore Championship. Um, you would imagine if this was real, Taz would have beat the shit out of Jarrett. <laughs> you know, like if this was Very ECW, so. that's but Jarrett. You know. Oh yeah, Taz but, flex, Taz flex, Taz mission. Send yeah. the people home happy. That's kind of what would happen. But here, uh, Jarrett holds his own. And then we have Deborah coming out for the distraction. And then we have Tess coming out for the distraction. <laughs> we have Albert coming out. And collectively, the four-on-one uh, managed to take the hardcore title off of Taz. And we see some kind of a new TNA uh, being formed. What does this mean? What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> then... Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice meets the Undertaker, uh, and well, somebody woke up on the uh, the wrong side of the grave this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> the crossover you know, we never knew we needed. Yeah, it's like I I could see that, and you Taker would of course no sell it, and then Beetlejuice would be like, "What's going on here, buddy?" So uh, let's see. So. Go from that to the Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Kane. Um, they beat the shit out of each other, you know, off the top of the cage spots and everything. Um, APA, apparently, them and Kane are not on the same page. Kane ends up trying to protect his brother, but accidentally pins him, it seemed like. So there's maybe something going on there. Um as well as a possible rift here becoming up, you know, between APA and Kane. So you might see, uh, maybe we see Taker Kane, you know, Brothers of Destruction versus the APA, which would be kind of a cool match. Uh, maybe that's where this is building. Then we have the last Beal Juice segment here when we see Jeff Jarrett introduce um, himself, Deborah, and Tess and Albert as a total nonstop action. And they're all wearing those TNA shirts. And then, of course, for the second time in his career, Beetlejuice or Jeff Jarrett hits Beetlejuice with a guitar. So, uh, pretty funny. And this time, Beetlejuice didn't even call him Slap Nuts, did he? I don't think he did. I think that would have been a nice rub, but I don't think he did. Talking to you, Slap um, Nuts. And then it's a the rematch from Major Fest: Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Hulk Hogan. Um, as you can imagine, lots of Gaga in this match because. <laughs> Nobody Matt does Gaga god like Gaga. Matt Carth. He is the god of Gaga. Nobody does it better than Matt. Uh, if anybody doubts that, watch FWF1, uh, Matt versus VSK. <laughs> and the end of that match, I mean, you've got Hassle Toys. You've got Zombie Sailor coming out. You've got Sunil. <laughs> I mean, Maven. the amount of Maven. Yeah, I mean, the amount of people coming out and the amount of go Gaga at the end of that match. I go back to the the GCW, you know, his death match with Nick Gage. You have 440 come out. You have Ricky Shane Page 
turn on 440, side with Nick Gage, just like this two-year feud culminates. He immediately turns on Gage again to let Matt take the, the victory. Like, the mind games, the, the back and forth, like his mind for the business and his mind for just like swerving fans is unparalleled. Well, I, I still think yeah. there is a little bit more to that, though. I think they they definitely like. There's a whole lot more to it. I'm just trying. I to think like... I think they were trying to protect the belt because you know that Wednesday you had Nick going on national television, actually international television, wrestling Jericho. And I'm just saying. I, I you knew you the progressive storyline. He wasn't going to win. You know who was in the booking room for those decisions. <laughs> you know who was sitting down there like, all right, all right, all right. Here's here's what I'm thinking. Because man, like just the way that 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 whole finish was booked, you know Matt had a hand in it. Because I'm looking at this and I'm like, this this has got FWF written like 100% on it, but with the GCW spin, <laughs> his mind for the business, man. I, I but we're not here reviewing that right question. now. We're reviewing the rest of FWF, <laughs> right? So go, go listen to your mashups. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that only uh, two so of lots of Gaga here at the end. You know, everybody gets involved. Um, kind of everybody from you know the referee goes down. Then of course you have the entire NWO out. Uh, you've got Jeff Hardy out, Goldberg out. Uh, lots of things, but then of course the power of the NWO eventually overcomes everybody, and uh, Hogan wins. Hogan must pose, but then of course to end the show we have Mister Thrill Zone. Shane Douglas coming out to just kind of have a stare down with Hogan, uh, which would be kind of cool to see because, you know, we saw everything that happened with him last year as, um, you know, one of the um, head parts of Thrill Zone for Shane Douglas. So getting to see him on the different brand and, you know, coming out to just main, you know, automatically main event and things is pretty cool. So. Yeah, to go Something right after the, the top of the heap from being like one of the big guys in Thrill Zone to just going right to yeah. the top of Turmoil. Yep. Cue Deep Purple. It's 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 time for the franchise. <laughs> so overall, thoughts on Turmoil. What would you give uh, it? One out of ten. Well, Beetlejuice kind of made it for me, so I give it a 9.5. 9.5, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask Dave to His, stop it, taking my numbers. I, I was going to say 9.5. It was it was a damn good show. That's kind of what there's I thought, always too. room for improvement. <laughs> like, there's a few things that, like, it's I just, look at, and it's like, I would have done this different, but I don't know what he's got planned. So, like, yeah. I, I enjoyed so much of what we got. Beetlejuice was amazing. The, the, I just have trouble remembering some of the gaga he does because he does it so fast with so much enthusiastic. That's the reason I, it, I, I always have like, to listen at least twice. Oh, my. Because I, forget I know it. there's stuff you miss. Yeah. Watching watching the video, it's unreal too because he's just calling these spots off machine gun fire while staring into space. He's not looking at a sheet. He's not looking at a notebook. He's just like this show has been playing on a loop in his head the entire time he's written, and he just stares like right off camera, and it's just like <laughs> well, he's, he says he rehearses it. So he does, but I've got his uh, I've got a couple of his notes that it, he's given out and stuff to the group, and that's all they are is just like. Like when I write my notes, like I'll kind of do like cliff notes, you know, you know, be like, 
um, you know, Edge versus Bret Hart, you know, spot here, spot here, you know, break spot, you know, that kind of stuff is what I do. But he'll just have, you know, like Edge Christian match three and then like match four, you know, like, and there's no like cliff notes or anything for the match. And then to not only like have zero notes <laughs> about that and then to perform those matches to the level that he does is highly impressive. I mean, what was it last season? <laughs> Tyson Kidd was like, <laughs> if, if you could put together real matches like you do action figure matches, then like you should be a 10 time world champion by now. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I mean, which I get, he's starting to get up there, man. He's, he's, you know, tearing it up on the Indies, collecting titles. So uh, he's still GCW Universal Champion. That's true. <laughs> he's got a pretty good streak going on that one. So L- little spinner belt action. Um, I would give it a nine point five as well. So I think does so that right mean now. that our overall winner for month three then would be Turmoil? It would. It would, man. It it's would. The power of yeah. juice. Because and like I said, I I think that for this month. Uh, what turmoil did on a weekly basis was the characterization building and things that we kind of got back to on those sketches and those behind the uh, backstage segments and stuff that he got to with Beetlejuice on this one. And I think that's what, that was a home run for me um, where I was popping like I would with Scott Steiner promos and stuff last year. So, yeah, um, definitely. So, so I have it now month three, two to one for turmoil. So going into month four. So, We'll kind of see what happens there, but it is very, very close, very competitive. Uh, Mark has been neck and neck with Matt uh, throughout the entire way, and we'll have to see what it, how it ends up. I mean, it's it's anybody's ball game going into it. So, uh, man, I just get more and more excited for Major Fest every time they drop a new episode. Like, I cannot wait to see what glorious shit show we have waiting for us at the end of this rainbow. <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> It's going to be a giant cluster. Beep. Uh, it's going to yes. be a fun ride, though, man. It's going to be, be awesome. So, yeah, it'll be awesome once we get there. So, all right. We'll sign it off. I guess I'll sign off everybody this time. How about that? Since Look you at kind that. of took charge of yeah, the whole damn thing. You took it, charge, so. man, and I, I respect it. You brought so, life to this. Signing off for Commissioner, Mr. Down in the Middle, Dylan Gilbert, King of the Down Vote, Daredevil, Dave Dahl, and myself, Jerry at Jerry Damage Cook. We are out of time. Good night. Goodbye. Bye.